Hey. Hey. Uh, y'all, y'all like, um, y'all like them video games? <laughs> them video games? <laughs> what, what do you think? What, what if we just, what, what if I just started every show with like, hey, <laughs> what do you do? What do you want to, what do you want to do? Is that People good? would be like, what? I mean, no, I really don't like it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Nope. Nope. She says no. Canceled. You could try done. coming back with like a really long Southern drawl. Hey, hey y'all. Hey, y'all. What are you doing? Let's talk about a video game. <laughs> Let's talk the, about them. The Vidya. Uh, my name is Matt Silverman, and I am joined as always by, who is this? My name is Colette Bennett. And this is Colette and Matt of Enter the Chat, a weekly conversation about video games. And uh, we haven't spoken to you in what feels like a thousand years because every human being on planet Earth that we know, it was uh, pooping and vomiting and and, and including cats. Uh, were cat, also, yes, unfortunately, cats also were a part of this. There's I, I include, so when many. I say human being, I include cats in that uh in that, yeah, I, you know, I do circle. too. So that's that's nice to know. So that's nice to know. There were multiple times over the last week where it's like, all right, let's we're going to talk about this. No, there's really nothing going on. Oh, wait, someone someone's puking. Someone has to go to the doctor. Someone's yep. doing this. Someone's doing that. And then and really like nothing was going on. And then so we just had to say, ah, oh, we I just don't think we can get a show out this week. And then literally everything in the universe happened in video games in the course of four days. Right, right. And so like now we're back and we're like, okay, we've missed a few. Oh my fucking God. And then on top of that, dear listeners, I've also been playing a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Like a good Mm -hmm. six games have been played in the last (laughs) few weeks. So I'm like, last week I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about all these games. Now I'm like, I've played even more games and yes. like holy shit like there's just so many games to talk about on top of all the news about the game so i'm just like there's just a lot of things happening like so, so many things m- given that you know you're my friend i i genuinely care how are you but i don't think we have time for small talk i mean we really don't and i'm great so let's talk about video games let's all just do right. it let's just do it Uh, I don't have my news sound here on the board anymore. I had to make some room for other shit. Oh, that's a shame. I did giggle about the news sound. But as long (sighs) as you never take away um, Scully, I'm happy. Yeah, no. When we have guests, we have to load up uh, Scully for that, of course. Uh, But no, no guests today. We we just a lot of news. Um, uh, I'm not sure what's the biggest. I know the biggest one in my heart. So perhaps we could start there let's do the biggest one in your heart i mean everyone says follow your heart okay thank you so much um we've known this for a little while but it is now official official a legend of zelda movie is in production and i will uh add another layer to that which is that it is a live action movie And uh, and that is um, fascinating and exciting and worrisome to, and worrisome. to, to yes. a lot of fans 
And um, so we wanted to chat about it here and get in the weeds a little bit. What, gut reaction here when you saw this headline? What, what, um, where, well, where did I your thought mind it go? was coming because because Mario made so much money. Oh. So I was like, oh, Mario made a ton of money. Okay, they're going to go to Zelda next. So I, you know, I pretty much knew. You know, I was like, okay, this is going to come. And I didn't know if they were going to do a live action or if they were going to do basically what they did with Mario. So when they announced it, I was like, okay, I'm not a, I'm not surprised it's here, but mm-hmm. I am like, okay, first of all, I really, I don't know how they're going to get around. Like Link's probably going to have to talk and I don't mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. he should be silent and maybe they'll honor that. I don't know. After all, mm-hmm. like Nintendo is like saying like, this is our property. We're making it blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, um, Miyamoto will be the producer. So yes. it's like, okay, cool. You know, we have like the direct people that, you know, uh, that are involved. So it's like, hopefully, you know, I mean, obviously they also had to green light Chris Pratt and I have feelings about that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, we all know why they put Chris Pratt in that role so it's like all right so it makes sense that if they were if they were going to give link a voice it would probably be some like popular young actor Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. to you know for for the for the draw so i'm like okay that's totally fine right so i think that link is gonna talk Mm -hmm. and i just don't want him to Mm -hmm. but i have to try to stay at least open-minded enough to be like okay what if like what if I'm like, no, bad, and then like it's actually good? Because like, what, if, yeah, what if? No. <sighs> Lots of things can go wrong with a movie, as we know and have seen over many decades of movies. But mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I guess my gut here is like, you know, Miyamoto could make a fucking you know i don't i don't know pikmin movie or whatever like pick the dumbest franchise imaginable and if as long as miyamoto was there to make sure that everything's good then i I, as a fan i kind of do trust that it's good super mario brothers has no story the characters are dumb Mm -hmm. there's nothing to that universe except for gameplay and I loved the Super Mario Brothers movie. Like it's for <laughs> chil- it's for children, and it's fine. But it's but Illumination did an amazing job. Every mm-hmm. character came to life in the way that was fun and modern and fresh. And th- think what you will about various voice acting choices. This is just one guy's opinion. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. Like the Mm voice, it was not a, it did not turn into some dumb stereotypical Italian plumber guy, but Mm -mm. it still is a, it's a store. It's a, it's a simple, dumb story about um, finding your way in the world. And it, it is a New York story because he's a New York plumber, but he's a modern guy. He's like the child of an immigrant. So like, definitely it all, it all, it all, the tropes and the dumbness and the the Chris Prattness somehow got in a blender and made the perfect Mario movie. Yeah, and now they, they did. will make six more. Right. right. So, and like, I mean, cool. Like, you know, I think right. that's great. Um, so, like, how the pieces of a live action Zelda movie will go into the blender and come out? I I can't. It's hard to process what that is. It's impossible to know, but there's something about the 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 hands-onness of Nintendo and Miyamoto that gives me assurance. Now, yeah, I, the 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 one um, 
the the one not caveat or or the thing that gave me pause was like I think a lot of fans in their heart in their in their mind's eye and in their heart were like if 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 Studio Ghibli and Z- and Zelda made the Zelda movie that would be the movie we all want and need right an animated Ghibli style Legend yeah. of Zelda because that's that is the style that is the painterly style that um, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom kind of look like now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it works it's really beautiful the characters are gorgeous in these games and so I think that's what we all wished for and then Illumination knocked it out of the park with Mario and it was like I, I don't know if they confirmed it but there was like credible discussion that's like yep and we're going to make a Zelda movie also and it was sort of implied like you said with illumination and it's like all right well maybe illumination is kind of more of a cartoony goofy look but if they could modify their style to make to meet a zelda story where it lives emotionally then that i was also on board with that and then it's like and now it's live action and i'm sure it will be great uh you know i like live action star wars as much as the next there's just i don't know I, I, I'm having trouble seeing what a live action Legend of Zelda would even look like. I can't even picture a single screen of it. And that's, I think, what a lot of fans are like, what? Oh, I hope it's good. I, I hope this is okay. I don't know. I don't know. Just just thinking out loud here. Yeah. I mean, you know, so many things, right? Like just so many possibilities and ideas and it's just kind of all over the place. But you know, actually kind of listening to kind of spool this out. Um, I'm kind of realizing that, you know, yeah, like over and over and only on the years of this show, that doesn't even include all the years that I've, you know, <laughs> in a vacuum bought Nintendo games mm. and thought, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, I think we probably are in for something good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I trust it. Now, he, the other discussion around it, which I, I feel I'm really disconnected from like movie culture. Like I don't go and see a lot of movies anymore and I, we don't watch a ton here, mm-hmm. uh, which is like lame. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just not connected in the same way I used to be. But the, um, is it, a, is this a, is he going to direct or produce? Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Produced by Nintendo and Arad Productions, which is Avi Arad. And then it will be directed by Wes Ball. So I think some of the discussion has revolved around this guy. I don't know Avi Arad, but apparently he has been involved in Marvel movies. And some of those Marvel movies are like not really loved by the fans. And Mm -hmm. others like Spider-Verse are very beloved. And so I think there's a temperature that's like, hmm, are we... And maybe I, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm representing this correctly, but I, I don't know who Wes Ball is either. So do you do you are you a film person outside of horror? Do you do you keep up with any, any of this? Yeah, stuff? I'm, a, I'm a huge film person. Yes. So yeah, do these names I, mean I, anything to you? No, actually, they don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it may very well be that, uh, you know, this is just something that hasn't crossed into my periphery. But I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, it's funny when you were saying, you know, well, Legend of Zelda slash, you know, Ghibli smash up. And it's like, that's a great idea. And I love that idea. But I think they're probably going to follow the format of Mario, although I could be wrong. But I think they'll probably follow the format of 
whatever is going to appeal most to children. Well, that's this is a great right? question. And this we were discussing this in the Discord a little bit as well. And I'm going to pull up some of the chatter there. But um, is Zelda for children? I think that part of what Nintendo does so well, and I've talked about this in the show before, so I'm going to keep it short. Um, part of what it does so well is that it nails this beautiful valley between for children and for adults. Correct. I'm going to digress for a millisecond. Mm -hmm. I, I have a favorite film. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast. It's an animated film done by Rankin Bass, an animation animation studio of which several members left and went to Ghibli actually. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And uh it was called The Last Unicorn. This is my favorite movie of all time. I have I'm a unicorn tattooed it, on my arm, I, right? I love that. I I'm and this is making me this is reminding me of the film and making me want to seek it out. I I'm, yeah, I'm not familiar with it, but I I'm I'm I've heard the name, of course. Uh it's beautiful. Um absolutely beautiful, beautiful music, beautiful everything. It was my first example of you know, animation, right, is so traditionally thought of as for children, which is so right. very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the first example ever of that cross, that perfect valley between for adults, for children, but with so much in it for adults. Yeah. And maybe there's different ways of expressing that. Maybe it's not just characters. Maybe it's dialogue. I mean, to be honest, the, the story of The Last Unicorn is kind of mature. You know, the main character finds out she's the last unicorn in the world and she doesn't know what happened to the other unicorns and she goes on a journey to find out. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the in the midst of that, some really huge things happen. Like, I mm -hmm. can't give anything away. It's just too beautiful of a no, watch. No, I really but want to. I want to see this now. Look up, look up as the best restored version you can. Like, whatever the prettiest Blu-ray or whatever. It, and is watch it, it streamable in, on oh, yeah. most? Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, Rankin Bass made this and uh, an animated version of The Hobbit, which was also really, really good before oh, um, that's dissolving. Right. But I, yes. I'm digressing. I don't want to no, get too far. No, that's interesting because I love that one. It's not the most amazing um, Tolkien depiction, but it's beautiful and it's it it does it gets the job done. You know, right. it, it condenses the book into a, you know a, right. a feature yeah, length yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I rem and I remember reading that that or that 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 studio became Studio Ghibli, but maybe it's obviously more complex. Of like those animators left and eventually started their own. Yeah, and I, and that kind of blew me away. I didn't remember that from back in the day. But yeah, continue. yeah, it's interesting. It's like I feel like to that is just an incredible like it, it's hard mode to me to nail that place yeah and that was my first experience of ever seeing something like that and i feel like it stuck with me my entire life and so i feel like that is something that nintendo really knows how to nail and so you know you say is zelda for children um you know maybe when it was first envisioned because you know obviously the NES days, you know, the NES was, was you know, there weren't a lot of adults playing the Video NES. games were for children to an right. extent. So, yes, maybe of. at first. Mm -hmm. But I think that it has matured into something that... That's what I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, um, Des brings up in the chat, in our Discord, um, so many questions. Why live action? Obviously, we're asking that question. Will it be an original story or an adaptation or a sequel of an existing story? That's a fantastic question because the as we know the Zelda timeline is so 
such a mishmash. So where is it a fresh thing? Does it take place? Uh, does it, does it jump off from a, a, a game? Uh, right. Know, like how do they, where do they decide to enter? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's it a really to, good call. I'm going to assume it has to stand alone. Now, Mario, as we said, has no story. It's a, it's just a mishmash of colorful people wearing hats. So it can be whatever the fuck story you want. Zelda has a, has a thematic through line, but it can be its own thing. I think I think for mainstream audiences to access it and and enjoy it, I think it, it can't just be like, remember all those games? Well, here's where we start the story. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to be its own thing. Um, and Des goes on to say, will Link be silent? Obviously, but mo- but this is what we're getting at. Will it be G, PG, or PG-13? Uh, again, um, I, would, I would put... Hmm. I would put Mario, the Mario universe in sort of a Minions, um, a Cars, Pixar, for children world. Obviously, way fun for adults, to your point. But that is a kid's movie. Whereas Star Wars and Marvel, also for children, but broader themes about war and resistance and good and evil mm-hmm. and fighting... Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't think it would be PG 13, but I guess I'm saying like, if a star Wars film or a Marvel film is PG, then this will be that in that vein as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want a goofy children's Zelda movie. I want, no, I don't think that's what we're going to get though. No, I, I I would imagine not. I mean, I think you're going to get, you know, acceptable right like like doable like something that can be watched so i think you'll get something that will have a g rating probably what was what was mario rated i would say well i'll look this up i'm gonna assume mario's g but i I guess i'm saying i want pg i want a star wars has swords and guns that shoot and kill people now is it bloody are people being dismembered no it's not no gory. But, but i mean it, you but see violence death. and conflict and death is is shown on the screen and mr lucas has said for himself star wars is for children even though we grown up even still though love people it. die right yeah. right right so i guess uh yeah this is a very interesting question that des is bringing up i'm very fascinated by it um I'm just looking up the Mario movie rating. Uh, not the. Well, wow, it's PG. Fascinating. It is PG. Okay, interesting. Yep. That is interesting. These ratings have slipped and slided all over the map. Um, m- m- some of you know some of my favorite little movie factoids is like, uh, or we wa- we watched Back to the Future with the kids uh, recently, and that is so old that like it's PG. And they right, they but it's ha- got some shit curse, in it, doesn't it? They curse all the time. There's tons of sexual overtones and like scenes of sexual assault, basically uh, multiple yeah. times. Um, so anyway, those ratings are are fluid over time, as we see. Just quickly before we move on, um, again, I'm not familiar with Wes Ball. He is young even though he's our age he's 43 but that Mm -hmm. in in terms of like venerable movie director is seems young to me he looks young right um not that that matters anyway oh i guess what i'm meaning to say here is that his career also feels young 2014 the maze runner i'm not familiar with that film no i'm not either spent two additional maze runner films 
a future movie coming out, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and then The Legend of Zelda. So the dude, mm. and he's done a lot of visual effects stuff. So he seems to be like very much in the visual effects world. Not a lot, like four or five movies. Anyway, a guy, a guy our age who's made like four other movies just got handed Legend of Zelda. And I, I wish him the best. I think that's fucking awesome. But like, you're like, whoa, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's fair. That's a big, that's fair. I mean, it is like, I'm not sure who, uh, you know, do I want, would I want Peter Jackson to make the legend? Like that, that mm. might make be a thing, but, uh, but I don't know who is right. Who was the right person for this? I, it's just, it's just a funny question. I don't know. Me. Honestly. I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if I ever told you the story that back in my journalism days that I had some like times where I like sat down with like Nintendo media people. Mm-hmm. You have not. Go on. I had some interviews with Nintendo media people at some points in my earlier career. What for? Meaning like joining marketing or PR organizations? Uh, like I, I used to, I used to go to to GDC and E3, and sometimes mm-hmm. I would have you know meetings about games, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to introduce new games. Okay. And I bring this up specifically because, um, I think that. It almost doesn't matter who directs it because Nintendo mm. is going to make every decision. And That's that guy is pretty much just going to be like, like, yes, sir. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> high. <laughs> this is fascinating. I it To be a fly on the wall, to understand the dynamic, because like, I believe you when you say Nintendo Corporation slash Miyamoto himself is like, this is the story. This is the script. Nope. Yeah. At this line, he says this. But, and that's fine. That's the framework for a film. But on the boots on the ground when cameras are rolling, there are a billion choices to be made by no, no, totally. lighting and cinematographer, director, actors, no, and you're whatever. Right. You're right. So, but I mean, let me tell you, Nintendo's higher ups are going to look at every single one of those choices. And if they amen. don't like it, they're going to be like, change this right change now. Change it, reshoot. And yeah. like interviewing, even Nintendo's like, like lackey media people was like talking to a brick wall. That is how I always, always describe what it was like. And it was like, Oh yeah, you're not going to get anything really good. Like they're going to give you the most, you have never heard that level of polished PR in your life. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, actually the more I think about it and talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, no, not worried about shit. Not too worried about it. No, it's, it's just fascinating to unpack it. And then what happens the last thing I'll say about the silent protagonist stuff is that, you know, I don't know. Mario doesn't talk either. He just has a few wahoos and grunts and whatever. And they wrote a whole character for yep. him with a voice actor who nobody liked and nobody wanted. And, and it was great. So, right. And they made money anyway. So it's like, they can have, you know, it's kind of like the Diablo complainers. Oh, I didn't want to, yeah. you know, microtransactions. Well, don't spend billions uh, on them. Yes, then. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's a larger conversation about market forces, but I guess the point is like, a th- the movie could have made billions of dollars and everyone still hated the portrayal of Mario. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, both right, of those could right. have been true, right. but it, they weren't. They, everyone was like, Oh, it's great. It's fine. 
everyone liked it you know anyway yeah it was i didn't spend that much time hating on his performance once i was watching the movie i just kind of got you know gathered up into the magic of nintendo which is pretty Mm -hmm. much what always happens Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so yeah (laughs) this is i don't know the more we talk about the more i am just like fascinated and excited about how this would come together and and i don't know i hope we get to see i hope they drip feed and give it give us little bits and pieces about what's going to happen here because me too i don't know i just i don't want to wake up in 2025 being like and it's out and you're like wait what no i mean i think i think they'll definitely drip it to us and to be honest of of Nintendo's worlds, this is probably my favorite personally yes, so i'm yes. like ooh, this is going to be really good it's the like, richest one Right. I'm very neutral about Mario. Like, it's like, Same. it's there. I care about it. It's a part of my life. But like, you know, yeah, just not the same. So, yeah, Zelda is very special to me. So Agreed. we'll see. It'll be great. Agreed. All right. Speaking of big games being announced and shared and teased, what what do you got next? Well, um, this is not in my particular circle of interest. So I'll say that right off the bat. But um I only found out about this because I was like, oh, why is why is take two stock shooting up? Because <laughs> I was at work, right? And then I was like, I went to Twitter and it was like, oh, Rockstar is ready to do the next Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. And man, if you don't like, if you do not know like what that fandom is like, holy shit. Like mm-hmm. they are... I mean, this is one of the most beloved. I mean, you know, it it clearly like defined an entire generation of gaming. And so, um, you know, there were definitely issues with Rockstar on the whole in the past, you know, four or five years, you know, like employees complaining about burnout and Mm -hmm. corporate culture and all that stuff. But I think they they handled it well. You know, they addressed what was going on and now they're kind of like, okay, we've taken some time, but we're back. Um, And, you know, we're, we're coming back with something new. Um, you know, basically from, you know, our most, one of our most beloved franchises ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, assume it so, is the cash cow of Rockstar. Like, yes, like I, I know yes. Red Dead and such are very popular, very profitable. Um, uh, GTA they 5, are, but GTA is its own, its yeah. own juggernaut. And, um, the, the, um, they updated a small message on their blog about it. And um, they said that next month is the 25th anniversary of Rockstar, which I did not know. I had no yeah. idea they'd been around that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but next month um, they will release the next trailer. And so, yeah, um, the internet <laughs> lit up like the world's biggest Christmas tree. Truly, and uh, truly. that's what we've got. I, like I said, it is not my particular I have never really been a big GTA person. Um, mm-hmm. My husband, I'm pretty sure, will be quite excited to play a new GTA. Okay. Um, okay. I, it's kind of neat, though, because I was thinking, so I don't know the GTA timeline, but I'm pretty sure the last GTA was like like pretty long ago, right? I'm looking at I Googled it because I knew we would want to know. Ten years Holy old. shit. That's September old. 2013 is the last time a, a Grand Theft Auto, you know, a mainline new numbered game, not a remaster, that was released. That is crazy. Okay, wow. So no wonder. But so if you think about that, what's so wild about that to me is like video games have changed so much Yes. Mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, like what, what would this even look like? Right. 
You know, like, I mean, I think about, you know, stuff I'm playing right now, you know, and just the faces and the movement. And I mean, I'm, you know, and I'll get to this in the game section of, or what we're playing, but like, I'm playing Alan Wake too. And I'm just like, these faces are, are the most human thing I've ever seen. The eyes have empathy. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm kind of even excited, even as not like a personal fan to just like kind of be on the peripheral of watching like six do whatever it is that it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was a leak last year that said that the oh, game will be right. set in Vice City. Okay. Which I'm sure for anyone, I mean, most people, when you ask them what their favorite GTA is, they'll tell you Vice City. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's pretty exciting that they chose to revisit that. Um, yeah, and I I'm, wonder I'm what time curious. frame, too. You know, you know, like it, when is it set? What year or decade is it set in? You know, that that's also probably stuff that's very relevant to the fandom and, and such. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that that's exciting, I think, for so many reasons. And even even if you if you're not directly in that fandom, I just think it's really cool. Totally agree. Um, which I'm not. Um, yep. But I'm no, like, wow, that's just kind of neat, you know. Um, so, the yeah, most- I i'm into it <laughs> yep I'm, i am too for the exact same reasons I, i've mm-hmm. never played a gta game i've you know i've looked over people's shoulders here and there and and mm-hmm. and uh covered it a little bit because i the other thing that's most fascinating about gta is um is the online culture gta 5 like gta is gta and and that game obviously crazy popular and then they expanded to gta online which seems to have become the big multiplayer cash cow juggernaut that Mm -hmm. has sustained the franchise over these 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love the most about it, and we covered this on uh, two girls, one podcast is like you, lots of people play to get level up and get better cosmetics. And they do what you do in a game and other people play it like an MMO, like a role playing MMO where they are role playing as cops and robbers. And we Mm -hmm. interviewed someone who, um, was creating LGBTQ plus pride events inside the game world for um, members of the that community to, you know, be out with their friends and play online. And they just, they don't necessarily, some of these role players kind of just stand around in bars and talk to each other. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily doing missions or they're like, they are role playing as characters and living a virtual life the way you would in a, in like Second Life or um, uh, you know a VR chat or one of those uh, more social platforms, GTA Online has become a, a social media platform in in some ways right, for some right. players. And I'm like, that's the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Of. I love this. <laughs> yeah. If I if I liked cars and and uh, guns more than I like spaceships and dragons, that w- yep. I would probably be there with you, you know, playing that game yep. with you. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I guess they they have announced it, and then they will share footage or a trailer or a teaser or something in next December, month. Right? Yeah, next month. So I think that'll probably be quite the Christmas gift for uh, quite a few quite a few fans <laughs> out there and that's really cool i i can't help but be excited for them even though i'm not you know in the fandom myself yes uh very quickly one more uh big announcement uh that we don't have to spend a ton of time on but uh the mass effect franchise is teasing something right 
I I guess it seems to be it's not a trailer or anything. It's like on EA's website there are clues. There are like little videos with little little teeny cinematics that are hinting at something and but uh. nothing is known or named or shown. It's just like clearly some sort of some new mass effect something is happening somewhere somehow uh, okay and get ready and, and to your point about the fandom everyone everyone in the fandom is is hyped and getting ready um i enjoyed but wait mass you effect. weren't a mass effect per- i was about to say I, you weren't a mass effect person because it seems I, like it fits your i enjoyed my time with the games but it would when i came away from them i did not i i wouldn't call my myself a super fan and then they um put out andromeda which was widely panned critically and commercially and it it almost was like oh god they blew it they've ruined the franchise forever Uh, we're done here uh, so i think what fans of this series of this franchise are hoping are like hey when they bring it back can they do it right this time? And right, I don't. I, I hope if you're putting the money and and time into this that you're you're going to do it the right way. Um, right. Well, well I wonder what. And I mean, I don't want to get too off topic, but I'm curious what the big deal was with Andromeda that people disliked it so much. I think I don't want to speak too much out of turn because I did not play it. But okay. The general criticism that I read and watched was couple things one the story is completely independent of the events and the characters of the original games they Mm. it takes place in a completely different galaxy which when you understand how space works is kind of insane and stupid but okay (laughs) sure cool i'll get on board with that um and that the story was not as the thing I like about the two, there's two things that people love about Mass Effect. I think one is you're building a team of characters and getting to know them and doing missions that increase your sort of friendship with them. And then you're also can romance certain characters. So it's like you're all together on a ship and you're doing things that are like, this is the end of the universe as we know it. And if we fail, we're all gone. And also let's hook up on the ship while we're here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So I think that's like what it is. And I think what happened with Andromeda is two things. One, the, the, the characters and camaraderie was not interesting to people. Okay. And two, it was widely panned for, for really terrible facial animation and body oh. animation. Like, like you were saying about Alan Wake, and we'll talk about that later, of like, just the dead it's a meme at this point like the deadest oh. eyes and the, the right. worst textures just like they just didn't didn't, didn't stick try. the landing on it i'm sure they tried but it just did not <laughs> they, did not they come tried together. but they did not succeed the things the things went in the blender and they did not come out like super mario brothers movie they came out like um <laughs> a big mess so anyway so best of luck to the mass effect fandom um i hope this next game is looking and and sounding good and to your point like 
what does a modern Mass Effect game look like if uh, the, the third in the trilogy is probably 10 years old also? So Right. So it's like, yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm seeing more and more franchises like Alan Wake get revisited yes. after such a very long period a long of time. time. Yes. And it's really kind of nice. Like, I mean, I always thought of, you know, the original Alien. Alien. <laughs> Alan Wake is this bastion of like, like, wow, that was some really incredible storytelling. And like, you know, some of the graphics, you know, I would say, you know, they probably looked a lot better at that time. They're definitely a bit more dated now, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like I always just thought of it really fondly. And so it was like really cool to, for them to be like, yeah, you know, like this is a thing that we, you know, uh, Sam Lake said he always wanted to do it. And yeah you know, he wanted to do it at the right time and, and have the right things in place. And obviously he's written several games since then that have been terrific. And here we are. So I think it's cool. You know, it's kind of like, Hey, that franchise that you love, you know, it's, it's still possible. It might be resurrected exactly. except for Parasite Eve, which is probably never coming back. And I'm just going to try my <laughs> best to just accept that that was just a really cool fucking idea. That's just not ever coming. Like, I mean, there were three games, but like, look, it's, look, I don't think don't- it's coming back. Don't never give up hope because it's to your point about Alan Wake. It's like, look, I don't know the financials and I don't know how successful it was, but my perception is like a very good game that really was more of a cult classic. So was it profitable? Probably. Did it make bajillions of dollars? I'm sure it didn't. But the groundwork that Sam and Remedy and Co. laid with Control, right. which became right. like, Control oh my God, was it's a pretty, everyone's game yeah. of the year. It's so innovative. Right. It's got great characters. Now we go, we springboard from that. We now we have the the capital, both financial and what would we what would we call it? Fandom trust capital, right. whatever you want to say. Like do yeah, no, that to, makes to a lot of sense. It, right? It's like after control. I mean, they've been at it for so long, and I feel like each stage has been like a different type of, you know, like you have like you know the success of of. Um, control, but then like, you know, you go back and you're like, oh, like, well, you know, Remedy, you know, has been doing like, you know, they, they've done so much interesting stuff for such a long time, you know, yes. for the longest time, like, yep. you know, they were, they were best known for, um, uh, which call it, uh, the character that, um, Sam played in the game, um, blah, 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 oh, blah. Max was- Payne. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Max Payne was like a big fucking deal, like totally. in that time period, you know. And it's yep. like I feel like with each of their games, they've kind of like moved into like a new area. But but yeah, it's just it's cool. It's cool to see a studio mature. That exactly, like, it's artistic maturity is what it is for sure. Yeah, Combined that part's with, like really nice. Not it, not it's not luck, but it's also like it's artistic maturity, and you put on out a good out a great product. And it hit and people loved it, you know, because right, sometimes exactly. you, you do amazing work and it just financially doesn't work. So like a lot of hard work, a lot of maturity, a lot of artistic um, blossoming. Right. And you sprinkle in a, a, some good fortune from the marketplace and bam, yeah. you've got a remedy verse now that you can expand your games into, which right. you, you will be I talking love about it. shortly. I'm totally a fangirl. And then, and then it's funny that we're talking about Mass Effect because Mass Effect is like a weird reverse prism of that, of like three mostly beloved games and you have all the money. It's EA, Bioware. all the money. You have all the money and all the fan cred in the world and everyone can't wait for the next Mass Effect and then you shit the bed and and then you lose it. You lose it, all that credibility, that capital. 
And then yep. now can we crawl it back? Whereas it's the opposite for Remedy at this time. Yep. It very, it's just, it's fun to look at art over decades. It really is. It really is. And it's like, you know, I look at, and I've, you know, so often spoken about this on the show, but you know, the disappointment of, you know, seeing square soft become square Enix yeah, and kind yeah. of lose seeing where that trajectory could have gone, you know, and then it's like seeing a, you know, a studio like remedy just continue to kind of grow in such fascinating ways. I mean, right. it, it's, it's just, yeah, it is really, really nice to see. Yep. Yep. All right. So, uh, looking forward to hearing more about that shortly. Um, a couple other news items here. Um, how, how much do you want to touch on the, the 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 additional rumors about the Switch Two? Do, do we want to put that to bed or, or t- touch on it briefly? I mean, if you care about it, I'm definitely okay to talk about it. I'm weird though. I I know it's going to come. I know they're going to make it, and like they have to. You know, oh, no, like no it, doubt. they have to. And so for me, like I haven't dug very deep because I, I know that there's kind of it's floating around, but I guess I'm just kind of like, yeah, like get back to me when you have an announcement that like, yeah, it's going uh, on for sale. sure. I don't know sure. why, though. Like, why don't I care? But like, I kind of am just very like. I don't know. Don't have a lot you know, of feelings about I, it. You, you and I have been in the media news business for so long that I th- and and, I, and listeners and media consumers, as we are too, also know this. You know, if you're paying attention, it's like every almost everything is wrong or misinterpreted or misunderstood until it finally is really real. And this uh, this applies to companies, products politics or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you're looking at if the journalism is good really good it is probably only piecing together tiny slivers of what is really true yep. to the best of their ability until yep. it is truly known and even mm-hmm. when it's truly known do mm-hmm. we even really know anything so what i'm alluding to here <laughs> is uh is the nature of rumor the nature of media the nature of credible journalism even even when credible journalism is great yet still flawed and thus rumors about two things one that the that the switch to it's not named that but let's call it the switch to the the, the successor to the switch might ha- might have a dual screen like mm-hmm. a DS. Like a DS, which is definitely interesting. Very interesting. And then and we you and I were like, "Whoa, this is would be very interesting to talk about." And then since we even saw those rumors, additional news has come out that's where Nintendo is saying, "No, it's not that." And no, we haven't been showing it off at to developers at conferences, mm. which was also the sort of credible rumor that was like third-party developers were like, oh yeah, we we have a dev kit and we have touched it. And then the other interesting thing about that is like, well, touching a prototype is different from touching like a software environment. You know, like right. maybe they have like put the guts into a, into a, a you know, a coffee can and said, this is what the Switch 2 will do. It's right. just not here yet, you know? Right. And they were like, okay, great. We can test like, our, okay, our need, games. Neato. So, again, what is factual about this is like, ah, uh, I don't know. But we, we I thought the, the, the two-screen thing was interesting because mm-hmm. I never owned a DS. 
Mm, yeah, that's but right. I, I keep forgetting. I like, I like the idea of it, but my worry was that if the, if the form factor of the next switch is too different from the form factor of other modern game platforms like telephones or playstations mm-hmm. then developing your third party game for a weird form factor might be limiting or hard or whatever and that may that was a bit of a pause like a, it gave me pause because i'm like the switch is the greatest indie gaming system of all time right. and to limit or block or cause a headache for all those great indie games to come on over to the, your favorite handheld platform. I guess what I'm at, what I'm wondering and asking is like when you had PS three games, those were not being ported to the Nintendo DS. The only games on Nintendo DS were Nintendo DS games, right? I'm trying to think. Um, well, ported. I mean, uh, when the Nintendo DS was doing its own thing. And then when you got into 3DS and stuff like that, for a while they had a slot for your DS games and then they had right. a slot for your 3DS games. So right. they kind of had like a morph in between. But I mean, yeah, I see your point. Like, I no, guess what I mean not- is like we're living in a world where a game comes out and it's and it if it if the work was done, it can be on almost every device and platform and ecosystem you own. Exclusives mm-hmm. and first-party stuff, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, hey, we made a game and we want to put it out in the most places. All the screens have the same amount of pixels on all the platforms. The guts are different. Right. The ecosystems are different. The controllers are, might be slightly different. But So I guess in the two-screen thing, it's kind of like, Oh, so if my indie game is also on the Switch 2, is the player just turning off the second screen and folding it over and then it and then you're not looking at that? Like that that's fine, but it's kind of weird. I, you know, I, I think know. they'd have a purpose in mind if they were going to do it that way. I think yeah. they'd have some kind of what works like this, you know. And I yeah. mean, we already know that Nintendo has taken some chances that didn't quite pan out, mm. you know, like so, you know, the Wii U is a perfect example, so it's kind of like you know, I think that there's a lot more pressure with the Switch, though, because isn't yes. the Switch their highest selling console of all time? Yes, I believe so. Did it did it beat the Wii? It may not have beaten. I think it's neck and neck with the Wii. Keep going. Okay. I'll, I'll confirm that. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, so I kind of guess I think about that, you know, and I, I'm like, well, you know, I think they're less... I mean, I think they'll be experimental in the safest way they can, if that makes sense. You know, they'll yeah, be yeah, like, okay, that, we've that got is a, a thing. Great way to, that is you know? a great way to frame it. Right. Like, we've got a thing. We need to give people the thing that they love about the thing. And we need to innovate just enough on a comfortable level to be like, well, it does this new thing. But you also need to make sure that you don't take away what people liked about the original thing. And I always think this is a really interesting balance to strike. Yeah, it's um, a very interesting. It's uh, Is it known as the innovator's dilemma? Or am I, that might be misappropriating that. I don't know. That, I'm not sure if it has a name or not. It, like it might. But um, uh, we talked yeah, about this. It's definitely, a- it's challenging because you know you you've got to face up to the fact that people don't like change and no. that that's a part of what everybody experiences. But then you also have to factor in, ah, yes, people don't like change, but people but also like want new things. And they you're like, newness. wait, what? 
So it's a really weird, to me, it's a really weird balance. Yes, fully. uh, Yeah. Well said. We talked about this previously because we were looking at, we were looking at the PlayStation 2. These numbers are bananas to me. I can't, they really floor me, but the list on Wikipedia, the Switch is not the Nintendo's best-selling console. Okay. The Nintendo DS is the is uh, Nintendo's yeah. best-selling console by about 20 million units. Wow, that's quite a bit. So that, I so I, can't I believe think that, that yeah, and I remember how what it was it was such a tremendous seller. Um and it also had a really long lifespan. So That's part yeah, of it. Yep. That's probably part of it, but um but yeah, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um someone um I believe it was I hope I'm saying, let me, let me look at this. Um, one second. I think it was Cupa in our discord. I want to give them credit. Um, where was it? Yes. Uh, mm, I'm going to scroll back, but someone, we were talking about why the PlayStation two in the year two from the year 2000 is still the undisputed best-selling console of all time at 155 million units the ds it it was around for so long around for so long but someone in our discord made the great point that it also came out and it also could play dvds which means that Uh, oh you know what it was you and i were like if nintendo is the family friendly console and that's the thing that moms and dads and grandmas are going to buy at the store and the ps Two was for hardcore gamers, quote unquote. Right. Why? Why is the non-mainstream thing the best-selling thing of all time? <laughs> and, I, and the point that was made in the discussion, I'm going to make sure I give credit to whoever said this, um, was that it also had a DVD, DVD player in the year right. 2000. So it's like, right. hey, I want to play video games. I also need a DVD player. So instead of yep. buying both of those things, yep. I'll just buy this one thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right. That is totally Very smart. the reason. Yes. Very smart. And I remember when I got my PS2, maybe it was PS2, PS3. I was like, oh, yeah, it's got a DVD. It's got a Blu-ray player was what right. it was at that time. Exactly. I wanted a Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, now it's got that in it. And of course, now I don't you know, think about that ever. Uh, which but it, is, was a, yeah. it was a timing thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think a lot of the Switch's inspiration actually did come from the 3DS and the DS era and the popularity of that because it was like you could take it anywhere and people did. Yeah. You know, people yep. really did. And it's like that really became something, which I just thought was very interesting. So I remember going to PAX in like 2008 and there were like these big beanbag chairs everywhere that they put for people to like chill out in between events or whatever. And there was just a section you could go in and it was literally just hundreds upon hundreds of people all lying around with their, you know, 3DSs or DSs open. And you used to be able to like greet people and do things like in like using Wi-Fi, I think. Mm-hmm. And so like everyone was just in there like sending each other messages and yeah i mean like it was just it was a while it was a, an image i never forgot you and know? i feel like i was asleep this whole time i, I maybe because I, maybe because i was doing grown-up things you know what i mean and i don't mean maybe. that in a dis and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way i kind of just mean like it was a time in my life i certainly was playing video games but i I don't know why I just never, I had zero interest or intent to ever own, you know what it was? Yeah. I guess I perceived, I guess I perceived the, the, the handheld consoles as 
less lesser than not even for kids but why would i play the pixelated less good version of the game when i could play uh, the good version on my wii or my gamecube or my pc right right and, and that was right. a misunderstanding of the ecosystem because there were mm-hmm. exclusive games and and spin-off games oh, and man. stuff i thought at the time i felt like the ds and the 3ds were like they were the first consoles nintendo had made in a since the nes that that got that had the the how much eccentric and indie stuff right was out there and i loved how weird it was and that was yep. absolutely one of the big draws for me it was just totally unapologetically strange a lot of the games that came out and and it was like the ps2 and that there were also a shit ton of games so between those two things yeah but i mean honestly some of my favorite games i've ever played were probably on either the the ds or the 3ds that's fascinating in my dumb brain i was like oh the game boy is a black and white crappy version of mario and the nes has super mario brothers 3 so like why the fuck would I play the bad right. version? You know what no, I mean? No, I get it. I get it. But I mean, it, ha- it probably had to have some sort of specific appeal, you know, for you that would have connected to what you were interested in at the time. But I mean, you know, and and also you, another thing you have to remember is that in this time period, you know, we weren't walking around with smartphones either. They were exactly. just being just coming in. Yep. So it was like for us to have something to stare at, I think, and get really into is one thing. Like and really now I think, good video games on a portable device was like amazing. Right, like amazing. And it's like now you really can play so much on your phone. But yep. that said, your phone still doesn't have you know, unless you have an attachment for it, your phone doesn't have a controller on it. And this does, you know, and the switch does too, which is part of, I think, I think the switch actually merges really well to kind of, you know, I think it merges like the, Oh, it's portable and it's pretty part of like, Oh, I can play it on a phone, but then you also get the, Oh, and also it has a controller, the home console, you know, AAA experience. Yes. It, yes. I think it, it was is, quite smart. It's I really ama- do. It's, a, it's ingenious. Um, shout out to Cupa. I was correct. Um, who did mention, who did respond to our episode? We were like, why the PS2? What, the PS2 still? Right. Right. It's still the best seller. And it I do agree um that it the DVD factor was was has has ha- had to be the thing yeah. uh at yeah. that time in the it year. Probably in was. The year <laughs> uh so anyway, I, Nintendo or reps or where cre- credible sources have been like, nah, it's not a it's not two screens. Shut the fuck up. Stop. We'll tell you when it's ready. But I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. I mean, like I said, brick wall, like they, they could be 100% lying and <laughs> I guess we will find out, but I wouldn't Fuck put it past you. them. We I don't care put what it you past think. Them. Not at um, all. Speaking of screens, uh, moments ago, some news dropped uh, from our friends at Valve. OMG. Okay. So dear listeners, before we got on to start the podcast, I, you know, I worked. And so I had no idea. Like, I was like, what is happening? And then Matt was like, oh, so there's going to be a Steam Deck OLED. And my little brain was like, (laughs) correction, um, Tricky Love in our Discord and listening community is the one who uh, dropped that. Okay. Okay. But you told me, sure, is what I'm saying. For sure. So I didn't know before that. That's that's yep. my point. But yes, you're right. Trick, tricky love, all props. Um, 
So yeah, like, you know, this is exciting, um, to me and I'm sure to many other folks. Um, so what are the differences? You know, you might be like, well, why do I need to buy another steam deck? Right. Um, so, you know, side by side, I'd say at the first glance, you're like, okay, I kind of feel like they look pretty similar, right? Mm -hmm. At mm -hmm. first. Um, but I think like there's a, there's a, and we can put it in the show notes. There's a nice, um, a nice side by side that Eurogamer did that you can get like a better feel yes, for. Yes, yes. So they seem the, digital foundry at Eurogamer seems to have had their hands on it. Cause like, right. I don't, there were no rumors or leaks or whatever. Like this is just came out of nowhere and instantly digital foundry is like, yep, we tested it. Here's the review. Mm -hmm. And there's some and interesting stuff in that for sure yeah, that I'm eager to take a look at. There's some nice side by side and it's about halfway through the video that's in there that's embedded in there mm -hmm. where they kind of show you. And I'm so glad they did this because for me, I'm very visual and it really helps. Yeah. They show you specifically like comparisons of like Marvel Spider-Man, you know, like on the regular LCD versus the OLED and you get to kind of see like, oh, okay, I see. Like, and you get to see like a little guide about the frame rate on the bottom and like kind mm -hmm. of how, what that looks like. Yep. Um, but like, yeah, I think... You know, I don't think this will necessarily be a thing for everybody. You know, some people will be like, ah, you know, I already have a Steam Deck. I don't know if I need another one. You know, that's a little prettier. That was kind of what people said about the Switch. Right. But I think for me personally, it's like, you know, we have one Steam Deck in the house and we have a dock for it. So we often use it in the living room. Mm -hmm. But it would make things easier for my husband and I if we both had for certain games, it would be really handy because as it currently yeah, stands, two gamers wanna, in the house. Yeah. Right, grown up we, gamers. Yeah. If we want to play something that doesn't have a co couch co-op, I would have to come in here in my office and he would have to play on the steam deck elsewhere, right. which right. we could do. And it's not that big of a deal, but you know, I have this like ongoing distaste, right. For, um, sitting at my desk when I'm not working or recording mm -hmm. a podcast. So there mm -hmm. is that. Mm -hmm. um, another attractive thing to me is that it is lighter now. It is lighter by 30 grams, I think, oh, which doesn't I sound like even, a lot. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't even notice The current that. Steam Deck is 669 grams, and the Steam Deck OLED will be 639. The battery is also a bit stronger, so uh -huh. it should last a little longer, which is mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. There, there's the original there, has the AMD. They call it the Van Gogh. Uh, yes, the pro the uh, processor. GPU. They mm -hmm. had there's a revised one in there now. Um, that that should be a, a bit better. Um, I think maybe one really exciting thing as well for people who aren't like ooh ooh. Um, is also that the original Steam Deck is now dropping in price because right. this is coming out. And so, they are discontinuing... Um, are they discontinuing the, the, the smaller original? smaller models. Hold on, oh, I want to make sure. Okay. Okay. So, oh, that makes okay. Sense. Wait, wait, no. This is fascinating. Okay. And, and thank again, thanks again to Tricky Love, who is sort of item itemizing the, the relevant bits <laughs> here. The 64 <laughs> gigabyte, which is the smallest one, and the 512 gigabyte, which if memory serves was the largest one, I think that's the one you guys got, are both being discontinued. So they're mm -hmm. only going to continue manufacturing the middle LCD one at, right. at a lower price, which is right. lovely. And going forward, right? the, L, the OLED OLED will be 512 gigabytes, which is a lot, and a one terabyte one, which is really mm -hmm. really nice to, right. to to have that right um 
There's a couple other things that I wanted to point out here that are most interesting to me. And I just want to walk it back by saying um, I've heard in media coverage and interviews that that the Valve has said a few times, we're not ready to make a Steam Deck 2 right. for a lot of reasons, supply right. chain, manufacturing, blah, blah, blah. And I think they've also said, like, it's just not really possible to, like, get more horsepower into this form factor right now. We need more technological uh, yep. progress, whatever. Um, but then the other thing they talked about in that context was we really like having one spec so that we can say and that developers can say this game runs well on the Steam Deck and this game does not run well because there is only one Steam Deck and they're all the same like a game console. This mm-hmm. game runs well on the Series X and this game runs well on the PS5, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like that is good. And especially in an ecosystem that is starting to heat up where Lenovo and Asus and all these other uh, PC brands are starting to make their big fat handheld PCs that theoretically are, have more horsepower and have bigger screens, but they do not have valves software on them which i believe is the most important innovation of the handheld pc market because you can granularly control the performance of a game and the and the frame rate of the uh, the refresh rate of the screen to get a game that hey maybe is not made for this form factor and doesn't really work really well you can make the tweaks to get it working great Right. In a user-friendly way. Those other consoles right. don't have that. So I'm pausing there to say they have, they're like, we're not ready for a Steam Deck 2. And when Nintendo came out with the OLED, they were like, here it is. It's identical to the original Switch. It's the same exact console. It just has a prettier screen. Yep. yep. And that also makes sense because you don't want to make games for two different consoles. The reason right. I'm saying all this is because... When Trigula put this in the Discord, I was like, oh, wow, a prettier screen. Cool. It's the same thing. No. And it is. It's not the same thing. But it's, but there it's is not. slightly different. There's important differences, some of which you've made, uh, you've mentioned. The things I want to highlight here are um, a, a better Wi-Fi receiver. Not That's not groundbreaking, but it does mean that, like, theoretically, you can download, you can install and download games faster. That's nice. Right. I don't care. Definitely about that. nice. Not, nice, not amazing. Um, but, but here's the other thing: better fans and thermal uh, yes. stuff. Better because it did get hot. Yes. So that's nice because your this big honking thing in your hands is not heating up as much. Nice, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. also means theoretically better performance on some games. So if you're playing a AAA game and you're like, man. I wish I could get 50 frames a second, but it's kind of janky in the populated areas. Maybe with the right settings and whatever, the newer Steam Deck might give you that that boost. And I don't I would not speculate about that. However, Digital Foundry in their video and their article have said have said, yes, we we are benchmarking it and we're seeing quote, let me get let me pull it up here. So I'm saying it right. Oh, did I close the tab? Gosh damn it. <laughs> uh, so I'm not reading the exact quote, but they're saying two to nine percent gains in uh, performance. Again, right. 
that's not huge. That's not a game changer, but like. But for you, it is, though, because for me, see, and I specifically is. thought about this because you are a person that can identify, you know, 59 frames per second. Fuck that Matt Silverman. Like this will actually be helpful to you and probably make it less stressful for you to play some games. So it depends on the game and the situation and the settings. Um, I just want things to run smoothly at at 40. I'd love them to run right. smoothly at 30 if they right. But, but I so I think where this comes in handy is like, man, this mostly is fine at 30. It's a big fat triple A game and I can play it. But ah, uh, and this one, like I don't know, like Baldur's Gate was like Steam Deck verified, and then when people were <laughs> like, yeah, wasn't. I get to Act Three and it's running at 12 frames a second. I'm like, that's not ver. That's not that's not good verified. You know, yeah. So, maybe there's way there's horsepower ways to get and again i sorry i'm sorry to get in the weeds i'm just fascinated the guts are all are identical but because they put better thermal paste and a little nicer fan in there you're get you might get better performance from the same processors that's right. cool the right. all, the other thing i just want to mention is and it's funny they don't shout this out in the sp- side by side on the website it's actually buried a little further down in the um in the in the detailed specs but uh bluetooth they've updated the bluetooth receiver from 5.0 to 5.3 and created a dedicated bluetooth antenna and that is i don't know the difference between those two specs but for me bluetooth latency sucks i fucking Mm. hate it and that goes for controller latency and 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 perhaps more importantly audio latency so if you connect bluetooth headphones to any device it depends the um, one with the protocol the antenna and sort of the decoding power of the devices to communicate well with each other so if they're both bo- if the headphones are new and good and the device is powerful hopefully the data is being decoded fast enough where you're not perceiving latency or you're not or it's a little bit but it doesn't bother you for me for wireless i like to use uh 2.4 gigahertz which usually requires like a dongle to plug into the usb port and then that is transmitting directly to the to the headset the way a wi-fi signal would transmit and and there is almost no latency it's the same amount of latency as you would get from plugging in a wire. So, like technologically, why does a dongle decode the audio faster or better than a than a Bluetooth protocol? I don't know the answer to that, but I guess what my layman's understanding is like Bluetooth just works, and all devices use Bluetooth. You can connect this, you can connect mm-hmm. that, and the trade off is like if you're watching a YouTube video or movie, the device can be like okay, there's 20 milliseconds of latency, so we're going to delay the video feed so that it lines up with the audio and then you're watching it. And it's great. You're fine. But for games, the game, the headphones don't know what button you're going to press next. So if I hit punch and it makes the punching sound, the headphones have to decode that audio in real time and it's not fast enough right. to be in sync with the with right. what you're seeing on the screen. The yep. point is... Sorry to ramble. If better brute, if this thing has better Bluetooth, maybe it's maybe we can get 
uh, lower latency on controllers and audio, and that matters to me. So I guess what I'm saying yeah. is what started as like a prettier screen, don't care, quickly went from like, oh, no, this oh. actually has possibly better performance, better connectivity, faster Wi-Fi. Like it's a substantial upgrade for lunat- lunatics like me. And I, I mean, know, I, would, I wouldn't gonna... call it a lunatic. I would call it these are the things that that are important to you that matter to you, and it gives you probably like a you know a sense of of real pleasure and happiness to to have to be able to enjoy the games in the way they're intended. Perhaps I'm not I'm not going to get one. I I don't really see a need. Like I would love to wait for like you know. I would love to get a Switch 2, and I'd love to get a Steam Deck 2 or a Lenovo right. something something. When, right. You know, I don't know. I, I would love what my dream, and I think I've said this before, is I want the form factor of a Switch Lite with the horsepower or the Steam OS of the Steam Deck. Right. I you know agree. I, mean? I agree because for me, and, and I, I have said before that I do have specific issues related to this to have to do with carpal tunnel, yes, but exactly. I can't hold the steam deck for very long um, because my hands start to go out. And, yep. you know, that's obviously, you know, related to my health specifically. But that said, I have wondered sometimes, well, would it be comfortable for me to hold for hours, even if I didn't have this problem? Mm-hmm. And I have just been kind of curious about that, you know? Well, what no, would, what I mean, would that, the answer would happen it, there. It. <sighs> I tend to lay down and get a pillow under me so that the majority of the weight is supported by a pillow. So gotcha. at the end of the day, I'm not sort of like holding it up. Uh, right. But still. Right. It's a lot of hardware to be holding in front of your face for right. two hours. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, um, for sure. So anyway, I, I, I'm glad we got a chance to break this down because what seems like teeny tiny things are really interesting when you add them up. And I'm looking forward to, to looking at the, the Digital Foundry kind of breakdown of it and all that. Yeah, I, I think at a glance and I'm going I'm planning on looking at it in more detail as well. But I mean, just kind of going through what I'm seeing and stuff. I, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I can see that we could potentially buy one. But another thing I was considering um, was the Oculus 3, which is, you know, right, I, a similar chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am undecided what will be best for me. I do use my VR headset continually to play Pistol Whip like I've never stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also use it for Supernatural for, for workouts and that I don't really haven't stopped that either. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have to think about it, but I if think you at only... any rate, I, I admire valve for doing this because they could have just been like, here's a bigger screen, but they didn't, they did a lot of things that show me that, you know, once again, that they care about details. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're really listening to not complaints, but sort of, um, nitpicks and wish wishes, wish list items of like, we, I wish that the battery life was a little bit better. I wish it wasn't getting so hot. And they were like, yeah, we, we, we have the production capability to, to address it. Um, my quick question about the VR stuff was, um, if if you're primarily playing those two games and that is, is that is fine for you with the quest 2 what it what what would be the real need for the quest 3 and or would you hold out for um a valve headset you know what's what's your runway i thought on about that? holding out for the valve headset and i'm undecided yeah but truthfully 
my biggest temptation is just seeing those two games look better. Right. That was, Which that's is like, what I was wondering. whoa, you'd spend like 500 bucks for that? I would because I, I care about those two things that yep. much. Yep. I have also started playing Demio again, which is an incredibly mm. challenging game. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they've added a lot of real cool things to that. And so I do still also go back to that. I haven't tried any newer games recently. Um just because I just haven't gone on there looking for new stuff. I think I've had too many games on my hands that are, you know, non VR, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I really, I guess I really do still care about and VR a lot um, enough because of certain titles. If those two titles didn't exist, I think I'd be completely neutral, Right, but they do. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much more visual fidelity is worth it's, it's significant there's some especially, good especially especially if it's if you're going to get a higher frame rate like if you're jumping from 60 to 90 or 90 to 120 on the new headset right that yeah. would that is significant that it's hard yeah. to say what's worth the worth the money quote unquote but like right that's right. A, that's a compelling argument to me as well <sighs> yeah i mean i just feel like i mean i have seen i have seen pistol whip played when i tether my mm-hmm. my oculus to or my quest to the pc and yes. i've been like wow that looks yeah. so much better totally but i don't like being tethered can so you do for it me, wirelessly and is that a good experience have you tried um, that you can but for a rhythm game that is extremely precise yes. i don't yes. find that it translates well enough. interesting yeah um yeah so so yeah i think yeah honestly i i guess i just love these these two vr experiences so much that i i would i i, I yeah, I, yeah i think i would i would God. put out the money for those I things i mean well i would love waiting you know but like I, I don't know it's just tempting that's all i haven't pulled any kind of trigger no, yet. no i know it, it's i i'm not here to tell you what to do but i feel like maybe just see how the holiday season shakes out in terms of like what's on offer and what's oh, announced totally like i'm not buying i've, I've been eyeballing multiple things including like smart watches i'm not buying anything mm. until black friday has come and gone because well, i mean not you even, know i'm not even mean deals but I, what i guess i mean is like i would hate for you to drop the 500 on quest 3 and a week later valve's like just in hey. time for Christmas. Here's our VR headset, and then it's like, right you, know, you know what I mean? Just like a timing problem, you know. Um, deals are deals. That's a separate uh, discussion. Totally. Yeah. No, you're 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 right. You're right. I will. I will think it out. Keep us posted. Um, I shall. I think that's it for the big news. Uh, we had to call it down, but I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to cover before we take a little break. No, let's take a little break. Let's do it. We'll be right back after this. have returned to talk about the video games we're actually playing now uh, here's what i'll offer to you i'm hyped to hear about the things i know you're playing and the things that i am going to be um reveal that are with you will reveal to me um and i do not have much to offer so i'm gonna say i'm gonna go first very briefly okay and then i'm gonna give you the rest of the show. What do, what do you okay. think about that? I think that sounds just fine. Okay. Um, 
I have two things to share. One is that I, I continue to be very enamored with Elite Dangerous, especially playing on the Steam Deck, which is such a chill mode of just like laying on the couch. Lauren's watching TV, and I'm just and I'm just hopping around just different star systems and scanning stuff and whatever. <laughs> and then coincidentally, the expansion to the game, which is called Odyssey. It's usually like 40 bucks, but it was on sale for like $13 randomly. And I was like, great. I've been, I was waiting for it to go on sale and I snagged it. And it's funny because like what the, what it does is it allows you to get out of your ship and walk around on bases and land on planets and walk around on planets. And, and there is, it's, again, it's not like No Man's Sky. It's not the same as that, but there is something very cool about I've been flying through space for many, many light years and many, many hours, and I finally made it back to a space station. And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get out of the ship and stretch my legs and have a beer at the bar in the station. Like, there's just something very immersive about that. It's funny to me that while all the big player, you know, people who love this game and the community, they all have the expansion. Everyone generally hates it. It has negative reviews on Steam because I think what happened is like, this could have been awesome, but all the missions and the quests and everything are just very generic. And so like getting out of your ship is very cool, but um, the actual gameplay of the expansion is not beloved by the community. So I was happy to pay $13 to get legs. And I did it just in time for this expedition to leave they, the the carrier left on November 6th and I'm having a blast because it's my sh- I brought two ships with me I docked them in this giant fleet carrier and while I'm sitting at the doctor's office at my wife's appointment I'm getting discord notifications saying all right we've secured the hatches and we are about to jump to the next star system and just for context my little sort of mid-level beginner ships, you know, I've tricked out some of the hyperdrives. My best one can jump 34 light years. So that's that's decent. It's not amazing. And I can get around, you know. The fleet carrier can jump 500 light years in one jump. Ooh. And so what it do, it can travel much further distances, but there's all, all these, again, it's very immersive, all these protocols and lockdowns. So if you're on the ship, while it's jumping, there's all you know. You hear the announcements. It's like, all right, will the the drive is firing up, and please take your seats. And you're literally you're on a cruise ship, or like you're on an airplane, or whatever, like in real in the real world. And it was so in the course of two hours, the commander who is in charge of the ship, I think, did five or six jumps at five hundred light years at a t- at a top at a, at a pop to travel about 3000 total light years and then what he he I, I don't even know he or she they is like okay we've arrived at our destination they put like a lot of information about what is known about that star system of like this planet has cool rings and this planet has bacteria on it so you could go mm. down and scan it and get credit for that whatever and um and we will be here for two days. So hop on out, do whatever you want, explore the neighboring systems, fly around, take missions, whatever. But at 10 a.m. Eastern, 
two days from now, we will be leaving. So if you are not back on board this ship when we hit the button, you will be stranded in deep outer space, thousands of light years from any space station. Wow. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing. I, and, and so the first, so the first leg of the journey, I was not online, but I was, I would, my character and ships were taken along, obviously. For the second leg of the journey, it was during the workday, but I, I didn't, I, I don't think I was recording anything. So I just set the Steam Deck on my desk. I got out of my ship and sat on the bridge of the fleet carrier, and there was one other player. On happened to be online at the same time. So we're not talking or communicating, but we're just like saluting to each other with in-game emotes. And then we both sit down in the chairs and we're just sitting on this cruise ship as it fucking ramps up the drive and hurdles into unknown space. And I was just like, I just love this. I just love wow. this community. I love what this is, this this adventure. I don't know. I just there's something about it that feels really nice to me, and and I'm enjoying. I, I'm not doing anything. I'm just along for the ride, and appreciating what this is. Uh, yeah, and that and so that's it. So that that's my little elite dangerous update. Um, I love that. I'll keep you posted if anything else. I don't know that anything else monumental will happen. Other that we'll we'll go and see this thing, and then then we'll be here. We'll be here, and these things are meaningless if you don't play the game. But um, <laughs> but I'm enjoying. The other, and that I thought that was the only thing I was going to share with you. The other thing that I do want to share, because now I'm super excited about it. A long time ago, I think it was Steam Next Fest, and it was also Wholesome Games. There were a bunch of games announced and demos, and play this demo, blah, blah, blah. And I had installed a game called Laudle Knots uh, to ah, my Steam Deck. Does this sound familiar yes. to you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think, hold on, I am going to type for a minute because I want to make sure yep. I'm thinking of the same thing. Yep. But the, the name is sticking with me because, it yeah, was very okay. much in the whole. It was very much in the Wholesome Games newsletter, it, direct, whatever it was. It's an ocean cleanup game! I thought this would be a like a cute, not novelty, but like, you know, you play something and you're like, oh, that. That was so nice. That was so cute. Yeah. That was adorable. And I, yeah. I thought it would be one of those because like you said, you're swimming around under the water, under the ocean, and you're picking up trash with your little bubble gun. You go, you pick up the trash and you're cleaning the trash. <laughs> and it's like, it's, you know, it's one of those, it's a cute environmental game. And it is. But I played the demo of this last night and I am madly in love with this. Why? Let me tell really? you why. Let me tell you why. Subnautica, one of my favorite, most most favorite games of all time, meets Power Wash Simulator, meets, <laughs> oh, I wrote this down, hold on, meets, uh, meets Astroneer because it has this very low poly exploration. You're in space, you're on an alien planet, but you're under the ocean. So you're not, it's not a space game, but it's a, it's a water game. Um, so, so uh, Subnautica meets Power Wash Simulator meets Astroneer meets um, Slime Rancher because there is also this element of um, finding and breeding and or keeping ranching these axolotl alien creatures, which are they're, they're like fish, but they're like cute little puffy fish, right? <laughs> and so it's a, it's a bit of a creature 
ca- creature capture raising creatures game, right? So yeah. it's all so it's all those things combined into a perfect madass game. And the reason I will <laughs> the reason I'm going to say the power wash simulator aspect of it is because your little gun both sucks up trash, which is fun, but it also sort of cleans, um, um, I don't know what you call it, like pollution, whatever, oil or whatever. So there's blacks. In addition to to can, uh, aluminum cans and bottles and <laughs> plastic soda can rings, why are these on an alien planet? We don't know. Um, there's also this sludge that is that is goop, gooping up the, the plants and the wildlife in this ecosystem. And so what you do is you float down to the area, you go bloop, 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 picked up all the cans and bottles, and then you just hold the right trigger to go and you vacuum up the sludge. And what it and it's automatic, so you're not fiddling with aim. You're not you don't need to be very precise. You just kind of float down near it and you go and it sucks up all the gunk that is there which mm-hmm. is very satisfying. But then yep. the best part is I go, suck it up and then bing. And then all of a sudden the plant or the coral or the rock that you cleaned suddenly goes bling and a bunch of like plants bloom on it. And it's basically like the air, the little spot being like, ah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's the same feeling from Power Wash Simulator where you're like, bing. And that, that wheel that hubcap of the car or the truck is now went from being gross to being perfect. And you're like, you got it. And you're like, yes. So it starts to be this game of like, and and (laughs) this gross, grimy little cave that you found is now, Oh, it's beautiful again. And it's, it's plants are back and fish are back. And it's, it's, it's got that going for it. And I'm really loving it. Again, especially because it's not fiddly. It's just chill, right? Yeah. And then the other part of it, which I love, is you're sucking up the pollution to make things, um, to, to, to bring the ecosystem to 100% clean, right? That's Power Wash Simulator. But then the bottles and cans and rings that you're sucking up, you bring back to your base and you stick them in a recycling machine and it crunches them down and and every whatever amount every 10 cans you crunch it spits out like an aluminum bar and then you go over to the crafting station and then you use the the recycled materials to upgrade your gun to get a better sonar detector Mm. to again it's that typical upgrade tree okay I i don't know if it's like proper base building you are able to manufacture like cleaning stations where you can kind of drop the stations in the ecosystem and then it auto cleans. And there's also some sort of like breeding or fertility system for the act for the lottles or whatever, which I haven't, the demo kind of ends and I don't know what happens next. But the point is you're getting the satisfying feeling of cleaning the ecosystem and making it nice. And then oh, you man. bring all that gunk back to your base to upgrade stuff. And and then you can clean the lottles and then they follow you back to the base and you can say, hey, this this little spot I cleaned is good for you now. So stay here. And oh, stop. If it meets the if 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 the cleanliness of the area meets the requirements of the little lottle, 
then he or she will will stay and make that its ecosystem and then oh, so and you can cute. name them and then you come back and visit them and so clearly i have only, what i thought was like an adorable like that's cute that's a cute demo game is clearly much richer than i thought <laughs> now you're like oh no <laughs> i am day 1 100% uh laudel not super fan Okay. I will be well, buying I'm this so glad the minute that we had this conversation. I am going to I'm actually downloading the demo you right have now because to check this out. I was interested in it, but now I'm like ten times as interested okay. in it. So. so do it, come back, and I, I, I it comes out next week or the week after. So I'm excited. Here's a pro tip and something that I was that I was like, this sucks and I don't know what to do. And I finally figured it out much later in the demo. And so it's pro tip for you or any listeners. There's a ping system. If you hold Y on the controller, it will send out a ping to the world, to the ecosystem that highlights trash and pollution. So it's like, I'm not sure where the dirty spots are. And PowerWash does this too. You send out a ping and it will highlight in pink where the bad stuff is and you go and clean it up. Uh There's an oxygen meter. So you have to, you can't stay out too long. Otherwise you run out of oxygen and then you, you don't die, but you lose, you drop all the things you're holding. Okay. And there are these rings that you have to float through to replenish your oxygen. And they're very far away. The, the world, the base is very far away from the area that you are trying to clean. So I was like, so um, you start to run low on oxygen oxygen, and you look around, you're like, I have no fucking clue where these rings are. I don't even know what direction to go. And I was dying constantly. And I'm like, this fucking sucks because I can't make progress because I keep losing yep. oxygen. Yep. And the, so the pro tip is when you ping for pollution, it's actually pinging for everything. So the ping shows you where the fish are the lottles it shows you where the pollution is and it also shows you where structures are like the oxygen rings so what you do is you ping and then you kind of look out on the horizon you're like oh it's that way and then you jetpack your way back to the ring replenish your oxygen and come back if i had known that in a tutorial from the beginning it would have been a perfect experience it was the only frustrating part of the game got it and i thought the game was literally broken i'm like there's no map. How are you possibly expecting a player to find their mm-hmm. way back? And mm-hmm. actually, it's the ping system. So, pro Got tip. Got it. That's Glad the only you problem told with me it. that. Thank yeah. you. That is going to be very helpful when I fire it up. So, it's so cute. It's so well made. It runs really great. It's beautiful. This low, the low poly world is beautiful. The little fish creatures are a freaking adorable. Like, you will <laughs> die. You will die. It's so good. I love it. Okay, cool. That's it. I'm uh, gonna gonna fire her up. That sounds lovely. The floor um, is yours. Quite, quite exciting. Quite exciting. Well, um, I believe you had said, you know, kind of the the joy of cleaning is kind of one of the elements <laughs> of of what you've got going on here, and that's. I think a perfect segue into a lovely little demo I played of a game that I have already had on my wish list, but um, it is called Trash Goblin, um, which <laughs> makes me giggle because, gosh, isn't that a very relatable uh, thing to say? Mm-hmm. I'm a trash goblin. We're all trash goblins. But at any rate, sure. this is a re- this is about a real trash goblin. And um, <laughs> not those uh, fake trash goblin. He, he is in fact a goblin that collects trash and cleans and resells it. 
Um, so it's for real. But uh, yeah, um, it is a game that I have looked at in the past. It was already on a wish list. I had definitely gotten wind of it via um, Wholesome Games. Mm -hmm. And I got my little monthly, you know, November releases to watch emails. And uh, today or yesterday or whenever it was that I read it, um, it was like, you know, special exclusive thing for Wholesome Games readers. Mm -hmm. There is a Trash Goblin demo. It is not on Steam. But mm -hmm. if you get this code from us, it's like Trash Goblin Wholesome Games demo. And you put it in, you can play a little thing. And where I was do like, you put well, it in? Where do you where do you do that? Uh, let's see. I think the email gives you the code, and you go to. I never know if it's itch.io or itch.io or whatever okay. itch.io itch.io. Mm -hmm. But um, at any rate, so it sent me there, and so I put my thing in, downloaded my little trash goblin, and my only complaint is that I wish there had been more demo because I really enjoyed what I was doing. Mm -hmm, There's not a mm -hmm. ton of demo. It's maybe mm -hmm. like. 15 minutes but basically oh, wow. the the it's it's a you know it's basically a shopkeeper so um you are a trash goblin and you have a, you're in a room that you get to kind of pivot to the right or left to see the rest of the room and so you have your workbench and then you have a cutesy little place where you sleep and then you have like your area where you sell and there's a window there and people can come up to your window and talk to you um and then oh, there's a fourth screen. I don't think I unlocked what that did. So, but like, that's kind of the room you're in, right? Like the space you're in. Mm -hmm. And so basically what you do is, you know, you will, you have a bag, you don't go on searches yet that I've known of. So I'm not sure how this part works, but there is a blurb in there that says, expand your business to exciting new districts across town. So I wonder if that means that there might eventually be some sort of searching mechanic i don't mm. know but the way the demo did it was you start at your work desk and you have a little bag and you basically get the bag and you get a pick and you basically like empty out what's in the bag on the desk and at first like the way it looks is it almost looks like a little tetris and you kind of yeah, have to yeah. chip away at it to clean like dirt and like grime and other stuff that's like encrusted around it away mm. and then once you've revealed the item then the next step, which I think there's going to be more stuff like this, but the next step was, oh, okay. And so after you reveal the item, you might have to clean it. And so then I got a sponge and then I got to clean it. So, you know, you're kind of making it all perfect. And then I was encouraged to kind of turn sideways to my window where I sell things. Mm -hmm. And I met a few people and a couple of people were like, oh, I'm looking for this or I'm looking for this. Let me know if you find this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I sold a couple things to a couple people, only two. And I had a couple of conversations, um, mostly about the items that people were looking for, or not exactly people, creatures, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then it was like, that's the end of the demo. And I was like, gosh, it's a bummer. I was enjoying what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I know that you like upgrade the shop. I know you buy better tools. So I don't know if like the whole game takes place in that little like cutesy basement kind of space that you live in or what right um but i could definitely tell that it already had like a really nice like cozy like vibe to it you know and i was like oh this is fun um i don't know where they are in developing it i know that the release date is next year but i don't really yeah, know like what happens next so i mean i think they're kind of like you know at work on it at this point but i found what i was doing satisfying and if if the demo had been longer i would have been really happy Yep. Um, so I have it on my wish list now and I'll definitely be waiting to see, um, 
what it's what it's you know what it what it's like when it actually comes out and how much it is and all that stuff but i think it'll probably be something i'll be very interested in plus it's called I trash have, goblin so i, I mean, mean come on I mean, any excuse to say trash goblin more on this Thank podcast you. is trash uh, goblin yeah and i'm like oh wow that's so funny they're like no what would it be like to be a real trash goblin though oh <laughs> <laughs> it is now on my wish list because this looks fantastic and it's um, fun i liked it i just like i said i my biggest complaint was like oh i just wanted to keep kind of grooving in and i guess that's a good sign for them you know sure. that that was my reaction so hooray well i have one question and one suggestion that might um help you scratch that itch while you're waiting for this to come out which is mm. um you might have said this but like where does the where do the items come from there's no like you said there's no like questing where right. you get them and bring them back so wh- right what's the source yeah, that's definitely my question because okay. i was like okay wait up so Maybe like that's not included you know the, the bag demo. is on the table right and I it's see. like the, the couple things i got out you know they just i shook them right out of the bag and we got were it. there and so i'm like okay so like what you know do you go searching for the items are they always in your bag because i feel almost like if you didn't go searching for the items it would almost be kind of like missing something important uh, I you agree. know what i mean yes um, so I, I really hope that that is something that like I do get to do at some point in time. Um, this is very much structurally very similar to potion craft. And it's funny, mm. it is suggesting, it is showing potion craft as a relevant related I game. I saw that. I saw that. And I really wanted to like potion craft and it just got kind of weirdly formulaic for me. Oh, oh, so you did play it. I couldn't remember oh, if yeah, you had I played, played it. yeah, I played a lot of it. And then okay. I just hit a point where I was like, I do not care. Yeah. No, yeah, that's – maybe Potion Craft does not have a strong mid to end game. I, we didn't right. get there the either. The beginning was, was kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It, it hit a point for me where I was like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like once I don't care, I could try to force myself to care. No, or no, I could no, just no. be like, you know, I had fun with it where I was and when I was. Let's just leave it there. Right. But structurally, it's like you're not leaving the shop. It's your home, and this mm-hmm. is where you make the potions, and then you shift your view over to the shop, as you were saying with Trash Goblin. And it's like mm-hmm. this this customer is looking for this type of potion, and this customer right. wants this, and then it's a right. you're mixing ingredients to satisfy the need, the demand of the of the cons- of the customers. And then in potion craft, anyway, the ingredients come from your garden. So they are sort of, they grow back over time and you're planting right. new stuff and whatever. Right. So that is a device that gets supply into the economy of the game. But uh, but it, I'm curi- similarly curious to you, like, where does the trash goblin items come from? Like, that's a right. fun thing to explore. Yeah, I really would. I, I want to go hunting for them. So I'm like, gosh, I hope that gets into it at some point. That would That'd be, be great. really nice. Yep. But I guess we'll see. So that's pretty much Trash Goblin. Um, so what else have I been playing? I've played a bunch of stuff since I've last been on the podcast. So I'm still playing Alan Wake. Um, the first one. I uh, se- Second. I actually okay. started playing it and I was kind of, I was playing it and I was, and I think you would have really like, <laughs> I think you would have gotten a lot out of, out of, out of this and been like, yep, same where I was playing it. And I was like, you know, even though this is remastered, I just want to move on to the new game. Totally. It just looks so good. Totally. And, and like the, some of the faces were just like really weird and wooden and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an older game, like mm-hmm. even with improvements, it's an older game. So I finally was like, you know what? I've, I've played it already, but I'm going to watch a recap, which I did. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, cool. I've done that. And now I am going to enjoy Alan Wake too. That's a great choice. 
Yes, I agree. So, um, I am, I'd say I'm maybe, maybe eight hours into the game because PS5? of, uh, on PS five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which actually I was playing it and thinking to myself, Oh, cool. Here's two games I'm playing on my PS five, which not so long ago I said to Matt, I don't even know why I own a PS five. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Oh, I think these are some pretty good reasons to own a PS five. Actually. Uh, is it, I'm, um... I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. But, it's it's you know. it's a epic exclusive on PC because they're publishing it. Um, does it is it not out for Series X? I don't I know. Just, I honestly am not sure. I just, not, I'm just playing devil's advocate of like we were we were talking about like no yeah it's it's on Series X and S. So anyway, it, it, there's nothing. It's not exclusive to PS5, no. but point Mm-mm. is you're not necessarily going to play it on P. You want this is a nice console experience. And it ain't yeah. gonna be on the Switch, so PS5 is uh is yeah. the, is, yeah, is no, the place no, to go. No, here. definitely, definitely that. Um what was I gonna say? Uh oh yeah. So I have been alternating between it depends on what I'm in the mood for. If I'm in the mood for Alan Wake, I've been playing Alan Wake and I'm quite enjoying it. It's rich, it's amazing, it's layered, it's like watching a really good independent film. Hmm. Um you know, it's not really, it is like playing a game, but oh man, it's just, to me, it just feels like, wow, this might be the best I've ever seen Sam Lake execute an mm, idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and he himself has said like, this is the game I've dreamed of making. And this is the mm, game yeah. that is the most like what's like the inside of my head. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so yeah, playing that and then, but the, the reason why I'm not further is because, um, Halloween weekend, my best friend came and stayed with me and we went to one of our local yearly anime cons together and, uh, she usually brings a cosplay. And so this time she brought a Genshin cosplay Oh wow! and I was like, man, that's beautiful. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> she's like, it's just so pretty. So then we went to the con and we went to artist alley and we were looking at all this stuff. And there's so many artists that had just the most gorgeous prints and all these things. I was like, God, that's so beautiful. She's like, that's from Genshin. Mm-hmm. That's from Genshin. Mm-hmm. And it just kept coming up over and over. And I was like, hmm. you know what? It's so insane that I'm not into this. I love this story. Like, all of the elements of what I love are here. Right. Like I just don't get it. And I was like, you know what? I am going to go play this game now. And so yep. I just was like, I am committed. I am going to like dive into this. And she also was still PS5. Also PS5. Yes. And Which is a great so I played it on oh, mobile. So pretty. And it just was like, ah, this is gorgeous and you really a big impressive. Screen. But it, it I, is just yeah. she she is playing on her PC and she mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, I am floored seeing it on PS5. It's it is go- so it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of mix in it like, oh, this is kind of like anime Breath of the Wild. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, it's just really. So I think maybe I'm having a combination of like because I've tried playing it before on iPad. And right. I had some issues with it kind of stuttering a little bit there. That's, and then I also it, was I just like, of, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, it's cool that it's portable, but like, I don't know, like something just didn't stick with me for that. But mm-hmm. on the PS five, for some reason it's totally sticking. Yes. And so I've been playing that pretty regularly. And actually I'm laughing because I think two nights, yeah, two nights ago I finished my, my work day. Patrick was out doing something and I was just like, I, I'm going to spend the whole evening on Genshin. I was so looking forward to it. And I popped on 
And I had been on for exactly five minutes and it said, in five minutes, we will be shutting the servers down for maintenance. And I was like, uh, no. And I went and looked and they were like, it's, it was an update, but it was, they were like, it's going to take five hours. And I was oh, so wow, Five sad. hours of downtime. That's a, <laughs> I was especially, so sad. I mean, look, it's global. So I guess there is no good time zone, but to like, to knock it offline evening hours during Eastern time for five hours, like, right. So that's a lot of downtime. I know it was. I was like, man. But then I was like, you know what? That's fine. It's just going to make me want to play it more. And I will go and play it, you know, tomorrow or whatever. So last night I played probably uh, maybe an hour and a half. And then we played a little bit of Alan Wake, which was terrific. Um, And I don't really have any plans tonight. So I would love to sink another two, three hours into it. So Um, what is key? What's the hook? What is what is getting you? What's grabbing you for for Genshin right now? Um, part of it is definitely the breath of the wildness, especially the setting, like being out in the world is like gorgeous. It's just simply gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. I am enjoying the, the story so far. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just getting to the point where we, I don't know how much you played, but I'm just getting to a point where we restored this like magical harp that we found and we're trying to save this dragon. And I think it's really cool. The story around the dragon strikes me as really interesting and compassionate because the dragon is called Storm Terror and it's like attacking um, the, you know, the, the, the land that this you're is in. This sounding and familiar now, yeah. Yeah, it's like this, this, this big to-do of, you know, like Storm Terror is ruining everything. And I think most games would just be like, well, we have to find a way to get rid of that dragon, go kill the dragon. And the whole point of us stealing the harp is that a couple of the members of my party have ascertained that the reason the dragon is attacking everything is specifically because it's under some sort of weird spell. And so they, you have like some people in like high ranks that are trying to help you, but they have to do it in private because they know that if they publicly are like, you know, the dragon is cursed. We need to help it. That people will be like, no, what the fuck is wrong with you? You need to save our world. Right. Cause the dragon is destroying everything. And I was like, this is really quite an interesting take that they're, they're coming at here. Like to me, I was just like, I love that they're like working to save this dragon instead of like just killing it and being like, well, that's that. Like, Mm -hmm. and there was another game I played Maybe it was Sea of Stars, but mm-hmm. like it also had a bit more of like, I don't know, there was just like a, a little bit of like a more compassionate approach to dealing with an enemy. Like, the, oh, yeah, that's right. There was a fight. And then like after the fight happened, like you end up having this like conversation, I remember. And it was like with the with with who you were supposed to fight. And then afterwards, like, you know, you're kind of like comforting the enemy. And mm-hmm. I was just right. like, I love that. I love that so much. That's like, nice. it's just... I don't know. It's just I really, I guess it's cozy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's definitely a piece of that. And then the other thing that's bad is that I'm starting to look at the other characters and go, mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that, and I, I have, I have bought, I have only bought something once and I don't think that buying something is, there's anything wrong with that at all. No. Um, but I definitely can see the pull of like, oh, let's buy some wishes. Right. <laughs> that this this is what and not not wondering about the god. Like we all understand what this game is, but um, to me, in addition to the story and the and the uh, the world being so beautiful, um, 
I like the grind. I, I like the idea of, yeah. hey, I, I'm not going to buy the pack or the character. I'm going to grind out whatever these gems out. are. And and to do that with a friend or to hop into multiplayer to be like, hey, I'm a little underleveled for whatever this dungeon is. But um, when I hop into multiplayer, we can take it on together. And that, like, that's really fun. That's a cool uh that, that that is what attracted me to the game initially. Right. I, I, I probably mostly fell off for the exact same reasons as you did of like, it just wasn't, it wasn't clicking on a tiny mobile screen with a bunch of stuttering, you know? So man, you should try playing it on some, if you have anything you can play it on, that's got a big screen, you should try. Like, my, I mean, if you could like, like, uh, what do you call it? If you, buy, if you have a, a, a dock for the steam deck, you could even play it on a TV. So this is what I'm wondering. Just, this is getting a little in the weeds, too, but, um, it's not, I think, I don't know if it's on Epic. I can't remember, but it's not on steam. Um, it is a standalone executable from China. And I don't, <laughs> I just don't love the idea of installing third party software from the internet from I a Chinese that. company on totally the computer that. Yeah. that I do make my entire living from. So that yeah. has been a, be if they came through Steam or another marketplace, that would be a different story. However, um, I wonder if there's anything stopping me from, getting it onto the Steam Deck as a Linux machine, it might be an anti-cheat issue because it's a, basically an MMO. So like if if they don't allow that, then that might be a dead end. But I don't know the answer to that question. So uh, I shall look into this. Yeah, I think it's definitely like something worth worth checking out. Um, yeah, so I'm just really, really enjoying it. And I think I'm kind of planning to stay in like the groove of those two games for now, because they both suit very different. Like one is like very dramatic. Yeah. And like dark and like, uh, like absorbing. And then one is like very light and fluffy and beautiful, also absorbing in a different way, you know? Um, but yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I just, I think that's like a perfect place. And I've been tempted by a few things. Like there's this game that came out that I've been watching from Wholesome for a long time called Cuisineer. And it's hmm. a roguelite dungeon crawler, but it has something to do with cooking. So like, <laughs> like you know, so I'm like, wait, so like Hades, but then also, I don't know, like what restaurant game to smash into that description. Yeah, right. But that just Played came out. Played up meets and Hades. Watch yeah, out and for the lawsuits from Cuisinart because, like, that's not a that's a trademark <laughs> brand. That's not a that's not a cooking term. That's a brand name. So I wish. Yeah, like, and I want to buy it. I really want to buy it. It actually came out today. But I was <laughs> like, man, I want to buy it desperately. But at the same time, I'm kind of worried that, like, if I do buy it, that I'll forget about one of these other games, know, despite how good they are. So I I'm know. like, I am going to force myself to not buy this right now. And it, I think it's got a it's got a deal going until November sixteenth, so you get like you know ten percent off it or something. Yeah. yeah. So I am I am going to buy it, um, but uh, I don't know. It just sounds perfect for me because of my obsession with Hades and my obsession with food games. Right. I love food games. I don't know if I've really talked about that ever on like how much I love. I mean, like, I used to it's love apparent. cooking Mama back in the day yeah, forever yeah. ago yep. so yep. much. Mm -hmm. Um. 
but but I yeah, games where I can do some sort of cooking in a rewarding way are just that's great. exactly. It's like the cooking games alone is not necessarily my jam. But if mm-hmm. again, like if there's a meta progression about mm-hmm. if there's a grind to do, like then uh, then mm-hmm. yes. Ooh, I have one more tiny tidbit to share with you, but I, I'm gonna let. I, I'm just making a mental note here, but continue. No, go ahead. I'm done. I mean, I'm you, just. I I'm you know that's that's pretty much it for me. I I love uh it's so wonderful and funny to hear about you falling into Genshin Impact this way. It's just it's just <laughs> great. And so and it's it's reminding me about the game and it's making me interested. And then you know that there would be a way to sync up and do multiplayer or like hey, we're both at different oh, places so in cool. the game, but maybe we could help each other grind like i don't know i have an right. account like I, I could log in and pick up where i left off i'm gonna look into the steam deck uh, uh idea the thing i want yeah, to say i'm, I'm curious oh, no, go ahead yeah That's i'm gonna it. look I'm this up and, and get back to you i'll close out the show with one quick thing that i have been meaning to tell you for literally two months i would say oh shit we um we got a while, a long time ago, I talked about it here. We picked up Vampire Survivors for the Switch, right? Yeah. And I was like, "It's great for the kids, but it's a, but, it, but the co-op of Vampire Survivors Couch Co-op is a totally different game." And it started to get everyone interested in Vampire Survivors, which was typically a single-player game. And yep. I was, I said to my wife, I was like, "You got to try it. There's all these like things to unlock, <gasps> and you're gonna love it. Whatever." Oh. She's like, "No, no, no, no. Whatever. Stupid, stupid, stupid." She she caved and started playing. This is months ago. Started playing co op with us on my son's account. So we were all kind of playing it together. And she's like, "Oh, I get it. Wait, could we unlock this thing and then get?" The- I was like, "Yeah. Like if you choose this character and we do this, then we can all kind of work towards." A-. She's like, "Okay, let's do another run." I was like, "Okay, great." So we're doing co op. I was like, and so she we're playing multiple runs. She's like, "Oh wow, this game's really cool." I was like you know, you can get it on your phone, right? She's like, really? I was like, yeah. She has unlocked, oh, as of this recording, 180 out of 186 <laughs> Vampire Survivor. She oh is the most God. venerated Vampire Survivors player in this household, crack addicted to this game. And I am Well, I was so too, thrilled. so I get it. Look, I, I, I will say this forever. Most people, most people, if they found the right game. Correct. And, and if I they keep, found the right game, they, it would all click. Yes. And I say this to her. I'm like, I know you. I know who you are. I know what you want out of a game. And when I said you need to play Animal Crossing, you said, no, 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 no. And then 700 hours then, of then, Animal Crossing yep. later, yep. Thank you you have me to thank for that. And, we, and I, I'm here to tell you. And dear listeners, I did it again. I got my <laughs> wife, a non-gamer, addicted to our 2022 game of the year, Vampire Survivors, and it is that a makes victory me so for happy. all games. That really makes I knew me you'd so love incredibly that. happy. I do love it. It makes me so happy. And <laughs> I just really, I just really, yes. That Okay. Here's here's yes, the next mission. Yes, and I've been thinking about yes. this a lot. What is the next game, crack cocaine game, that I ne- will addict her to? Because, um, and I want you and and listeners to think about this. I have some ideas, but it can't be a twitchy action, you know, 
because like Monster Hunter is another game that would do tick all the boxes, but the the actual gameplay of the of the loop is too yeah. complicated for her. No, so no, because I, one thing I see in about the two games is that both are very simplistic games, yes. and that with, also is something huge that appeals meta to me. Yes, right. So I'm like, okay, let me let me really think about this. This is homework. We don't have to decide it now. I have yeah, one idea. Like, I gotta think. I have one idea, and because I, I was looking around at my back catalog and the games we already own, um, I think maybe Loop Hero, because it is a fairly passive game that does not require quick reflexes, but you are constantly making adjustments to the character as the character loops around, and it's run-based. Because like Hades also would be similarly like this, but again, Hades is too is a challenging game. Um, Loop Hero is an auto it plays itself, but you're making small modifications on the fly. So I don't know if that's going to click for her, but it has the same meta progression. It's not a perfect fit, but I, that's the lines I'm thinking along. I bet she'd like clicker games too, but might I don't know if she would find them banal or not. So anyway, mm. I'm thinking about it. I don't think it's Loop Hero for some reason, but I'm not married to your wife. Mm-hmm. So I got to think about that. Yeah. Come let back. me let me think about that and let me yet yeah, let me come back with my thoughts um because it's weird it's almost like in my brain i think there's a like i'm, I'm thinking about both those games and i'm thinking yep. there's a feeling in the there's a, a vibe in the middle somewhere and it Correct. i'm not i can't think of what it is yep i know it's a weird it's an interesting nut so this is your homework uh this is homework for listeners to uh hop into the discord the links are always in the show notes please tell me what crack cocaine video game I need to get my wife addicted to? Because uh, it, it's going to be a long winter, friends. Uh, we're not going to make. We may. It not is. Make it. it is. And uh, I think a cozy game <laughs> is an extremely important thing to have during I've such a long winter. I've tried Stardew. I've tried to get her on Stardew. I'm my shocked daughter, that Stardew it, isn't isn't right. But that's okay. That's okay. It is right. But she's being stubborn about it. So we may come back to that. But that's another story. So we'll okay. see. Okay. I will dwell on this. Our, our listeners will dwell on this and we will revisit it next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, we look forward to talking to you with you. Tell us what you're playing and what we should be addicted to in the coming uh, weeks and months. Come to the discord. Final thoughts, Colette. Hmm. Okay. I'm so excited about my evening of Genshin. That's my final yes. thought. Amazing. Have fun. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye. Bye.